Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Kyle Stout about how he helps businesses grow through email and SMS marketing. Kyle is the founder of Elevate and Scale, a leading email marketing agency that helps direct-to-consumer brands unlock hidden revenue and put their sales on autopilot while spending $0 on ad spend. Kyle is an expert on using email marketing to maximize revenue, leveraging AI to scale content production and all things retention marketing. Kyle has more than a decade of experience in digital marketing, starting as a freelance copywriter where he honed his skills on brand storytelling and email marketing. Once he had developed a set of frameworks that worked consistently across different niches, he started Elevate and Scale, specializing in email marketing for e-commerce businesses. Welcome, Kyle. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being with us today. So can you give us a little bit of a background, like how you got to where you are today? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I own an email marketing agency now, but I originally started out as a freelance copywriter and I was really just kind of doing a little bit of everything. So initially I was uh, writing a lot of the sales copy for businesses, websites, and this is back when blogging and SEO was a, a lot bigger than it is today, or I guess it was more of like the, some of the main marketing channels people were using more so than they are now versus social media. Um, so I was doing a lot of blogging for companies, um, not technical SEO, but just SEO from a content standpoint. And over time, I just started doing, you know, whatever projects clients had, they would ask me if I could take those on, which would include email marketing and writing copy for ads and things like that. And over time, email was just the one area that I really liked it. And I was consistently seeing the best results for clients. So that's what led me to really start focusing primarily on that over time. So you must like copywriting. Yeah, I do. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of, I don't know if I would say love, hate, but <laughs> it's something where um, I enjoy it. I think it's a really important skill, but at the same time, it can also be aggravating at times because, you know, you can just get, sometimes getting the right copy can take a lot longer than you would think. And so... <laughs> It's uh, it, it does have a learning curve that comes with a lot of time just staring at a blank screen. Right. Honestly, I'm working. <laughs> so who are your ideal clients? Uh, so my ideal clients right now would be privately held e-commerce businesses. So companies that are selling products online that have consistent traffic and they're already at a level of, you know, half a million to five to $10 million in revenue per year. Um, and I really like working with the privately held businesses versus um, like the, the public companies of the world, just because you end up dealing with, uh, you end up collaborating with a big team of people and it just really slows things down. I like working with the founders who are, you know, they started the business, they're really passionate about it. And it's just a lot more fun to me. And I find it's just a lot faster to get things done too. Mm -hmm. Less people to, in, to involve, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you get in front of those companies? So uh, referrals are really big for us. Uh, um, I've been doing podcasts a lot more over the last year. And I've been putting out a lot of video content over the last year. And YouTube has been the main area um, where I've started to get uh, a lot of clients coming through 
with that. So, and, and my videos, I have a variety of topics. So I have a lot of videos that are kind of like how to do this. And, and a lot of times those videos cater more towards other email marketers, people who are trying to learn more about email marketing. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have a lot of other videos and this is the advice I give, I give people whenever they're trying to market their business that I intentionally have them, you know, I frame the content to try to attract my ideal customers by talking more about, um, you know, what they should be doing and why they should be doing it, but not going into the details of how to do it because my ideal clients, they want to hire someone to do that. They don't really, they don't have the desire to do it themselves or they don't have the time. They don't have the skill set, all of that. Um, and I've gotten a lot of feedback from people, you know, of just going, going down the rabbit hole of watching my videos before they ended up booking a call. So that's always, you know, really good feedback to get. For sure. And it helps with the no like, and trust factor too, right? Oh, it's, it's just so different, you know, cause by the time, especially with video, cause by the time we hop on a call, they, they already know my mannerisms. They know my personality. They know the, the, you know, I'll put emphasis on the things about email that I think are more important than other people do or things that I don't think are as big of a deal. And so they already know all that. And I think that, um, you know, like they're already going to be drawn to you because of your personality, just like we are from everyone else that we watch online. And, um, you know, I think after they've watched several videos and then we, we get on the call and they see that I'm just still the same person and, you know, it's not like some act or anything or, and I don't have to do some, you know, you don't have to do any crazy marketing psychology tricks on them or anything. It's more of a, just a friendly conversation of, Hey, let's talk about your business, what's going on, what you're looking to accomplish. And it's, and it's a really smooth sales process. Which is totally helpful. <laughs> Yeah, it makes it makes a big difference. What is like a common factor? I don't want really to want to call it a mistake that your clients are doing with email or not doing with email marketing when they come to you. One of the I think one of the most consistent things I've been seeing over the last few years is so, you know, business owners are all overwhelmed with you know, all the different things that they're supposed to be doing to grow their business. And of course, uh, you know, social media, paid media, all of those things are the more attractive things, I think, right now. And, you know, we all know that email marketing, it's been there, it's tried and true, but it's, it's, it's almost kind of seems like, you know, something that it's not necessary, but it's, we know it's important, but we don't always prioritize it. And that's the big thing I see is a lot of times with with clients is that they've just been neglecting their email sales channel. So they either aren't sending out emails, they aren't sending out emails very often, or they only use their email sales channel as just a way to send out emails whenever there's some sort of discount promotion. Mm -hmm. And they're not actually just sending out emails, you know, to try to drive sales without always relying on a discount. And so that's a big, I think a big shift for people is, for one, they don't realize how much more they could tap into uh, just by building out a lot of the automated stuff with email that they that they don't have. But then also just being a little bit more thoughtful about the content in the emails to where they actually can consistently drive sales without having to have a discount in every email. Yeah. And I think it's a big misconception out there too, where people are like, oh, email's dead. Yeah, so exactly. That doesn't help. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think it's a funny joke. It's like a, you know, a thing in the marketing world that it's like every, you know, every year it's like a big thing where people will put that as the headline of something. And I think it's kind of become a, an inside joke in the marketing world because everyone knows it's, it's obviously not. 
But for a lot of people who don't really know the inside jokes of the marketing world, they might see that and think, oh yeah, you know, I don't like getting emails, so why would I mess with that? And that's what's actually something I hear a lot from people. They're like, I don't like getting all those emails, so why would I want to send them? But mm -hmm. then they also, I'll ask them and they'll say, well, I do buy from them. So it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all don't really love them, but they do work. Yeah. I think email marketing is only dead if you don't do it correctly, right? Like yeah. you were saying, like only on a promotion or now and then. So yeah, exactly. So what is a big goal that you're looking to achieve in the next year or two? A big one for me is removing myself more from the day-to-day -day of the client work side of the business. So I'm still, even though I have a team, you know, doing the copywriting design, doing a lot of the work uh, in the email accounts and everything, I'm still very, very hands-on, um, which, is, which is nice. I, I do enjoy it. So, uh, but the other thing is, it's just, I want to have more work-life balance. I want to spend more time. I've got two little girls. I want to be able to spend more time with them. Um, so I'll go through, and I think this is normal for agency owners. It's just kind of like, um, you know, you just go through periods where you're just frantically busy and then you'll, you'll start to feel like you're getting ahead and you have a little bit of extra time. But I feel like, uh, especially over the last couple of years, those periods of frantic busyness have just, uh, it's just gotten to where it's like never ending. So it's like every day, it just feels like I'm playing catch up. Um, uh, so that's the big one for me is I'd, I'd like to get to where I can, spend more time working on the business instead of in the business. So do you have an idea of how that will go? Like, do you think you'll do more, let's say automation aspect or AI aspect, or do you think it'll be bringing on more people? No. So, I mean, we, we have good systems, so it's really going to be about getting some key people in. So I definitely have some very talented people on my team as far as what they do. Um, but the first Real, the first hire I need is someone to replace me. Whereas, so, you know, I, ha I just have a lot more experience than the people on my team do when it comes to um, part of it is working with the clients directly. And then part of it is also just like, I have all these docs, for example, where we have all of our strategies for how we create certain emails, how we write copy, how we do designs. I've got all this stuff, but there's just certain things that come from experience where, you know, I'll pick up on little nuances of things that the client says. It gives me ideas for, you know, creatives and I'll send that over to my copywriter or the graphic designer. And so I need someone who can really do a lot of that stuff that kind of comes naturally to me because I've been doing this for so long. Um, and also being able to have the detailed, you know, be able to get into the, the weeds and the really detailed stuff, but also having the big picture vision. So to me, it's, I need to make a couple of like, key strategic hires of people who can, um, they, they know how to do the detail stuff, but they're really more of a, a good project manager and a leader. Um, and they can also work well with the clients. So that to me is the more important side than the systems right now. Yeah. Those key people are pretty important. Hey? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I know as every business, you know, it's a, it's just a point where every business gets to that where, you know, it's just a necessary thing you have to learn and and figure out. Mm -hmm. So when you get those key people and you can get them implemented, how will that change your business? The big thing for the business will be freeing up more of my time to work on marketing, uh, to just be able to do a lot more for marketing the business. Like I'm just behind on so many things I want to do, you know, from a marketing aspect. 
Um, and also, you know, improving our service. So just being able to um, spend a little bit more time refining our processes, you know, the things that I do whenever I have time, but they are important, but you know, they don't always like, you always want to make sure you're taking care of your clients and getting, hitting all the deadlines and all of that. So those things always take priority over me working on the business. So that's going to be the big thing is having more time to just work on the business instead of being in doing all the client work stuff. Mm -hmm. What do you think is a number one roadblock with that goal? Um, well, like what's come up with part of it is uh, reliability um, with people I've hired as far as just um, really, really on the quality control side. So I've had an issue of, with that, with hiring people in the past. And, um, you know, so for me, I've always related to the entrepreneur. So growing up when I was younger, I worked for I, a lot of my early jobs were working for entrepreneurs. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I really relate to my clients in that way. And um, I do care about their business and, and everything we're doing for them as far as how it's going to benefit them. And I really care about the little details stuff. So, um, you know, I think of it like if we're going to be sending out an email for this brand, would I be proud of that if I was the brand owner? And so there's just, you know, there'd be times whenever little things just slip through the cracks, quality control stuff, little errors in the emails or whatever. So that's been, that's been one issue. Um, the other part of it is, is I would say kind of going back to what I was saying earlier is almost some of the intangibles is um, it, I think it takes someone who is a little bit more of an entrepreneur type or a leader who is really going to be able to have more meaningful conversations and nuanced conversations with clients. Because a lot of times if you ask clients for feedback on something, you don't always want to do what they say. If they say they like this or don't like this, you have to know when to push back and say, okay, okay, let me just, you know, we can do that, but let me just give you some feedback. Like if we were to, to go with that approach, this is how that would typically go, or this is why we choose to use this marketing angle or, or whatever, right? There's just times whenever they are paying you for your expertise and they want you to push back. So that's been, a, that's been a thing also is just getting people who, you know, are going to really take ownership of it and know when to push back and know when to have those kind of conversations with clients and also the same thing with the other team members. Because mm -hmm. if they knew exactly how to do it or do it the best way, then they would be, right? Yeah, exactly. And so the other thing is, you know, with an agency specifically is like, <clears throat> it's not very difficult to start an agency, you know? So someone who gets to the, you know, the level of expertise and has the relationships and everything, like they can just go start their own and not have to work for you. So um, that's, you know, it's about finding that personality of someone who wants to work in a business and they prefer that and they don't want to have the pressure of being the business owner and all of that, but they still have to have some of the mindset of the business owner to just, you know, to be able to um, take that leadership skill to the next level. Mm -hmm. Do you have any, well, how do you leverage AI to improve email marketing? So AI, we use a lot for um, market research. So initially, when we first start working with a client, we the first thing we do is we develop the messaging strategy. We go into really great detail on this because if we put in the extra work on that up front, it makes it way easier to create all of the content going forward. 
Um, and then also just going back to my copywriting days, it's just a habit that I, I just realized that the more I put into that upfront, the easier it was to write the copy and the better the results were. So with AI now, a lot of the things that we would do in the past to, you know, do to create a buyer persona or whatever you, you call it, customer avatar or whatever, um, AI is really good at gathering a lot of that information. So gathering demographics um, about certain types of uh, product buyers, getting um, pain points, aspirations, all that psychological stuff. Now you still want to go in and tweak things and you don't just want to take it, take what it says verbatim and just totally trust it but it gives you a really good starting point where it saves you a lot of time. So that's, that's one of the big time savers. But then where we're using it more on like a day-to-day -day basis is um, idea generation for emails. A lot of times we will either just flat out ask it for ideas or we will give it examples of ideas or things that we've done in the past and have it suggest more. So we can take you know campaigns, for example, that have worked in the past and give it the results that those campaigns got and have it suggest more that would be a creative new new spin on this old campaign so things like that um copywriting sometimes we, we don't really have it just write the the full email copy um but we will sometimes have it give us new suggestions for copy or um, outlines or especially like subject line ideas or tweaking a headline. Like maybe when we want to get some alternatives to a headline and we just, uh, you know, we can have it spit out 10, 20 alternatives and we can tell it to, you know, use humor or um, to use urgency or, or, or whatever. And so it really saves a lot of time in with the idea phase and with um, getting the initial drafts ready as far as like the back and forth that we would be doing with editing. It saves us a lot of time with that. So the big thing I tell people is that, well, there's two big things. One is the quality of the output you get is going to come down to how much detail you put into the input that you give AI. So that's a big mm -hmm. thing is you can't just ask it some generic question and expect to get the perfect answer. You have to give more details. So if you're asking it to write copy for an email, you want to give it information about the business who's going to be sending this email, who their target customers are, what they care about, uh, what the big benefits of their products are. And when you go into that much detail, now you're going to get way better copy and you can't just be satisfied with what it gives you. You can, you want to ask it to give you different revisions with your feedback. Um, and then the other thing is, again, like the, the main thing I was going to say is that you don't want to take it verbatim. You need to have your own personal element. You need to infuse your own personality from your brand or your business, whatever it is, uh, into the copy. So it's a, it's, it can be a massive time saver, but it's not going to be something that just totally replaces a great creative. Mm -hmm. It's a tool, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and so I, a lot of people are worried it's going to replace, you know, I, I mean, I think that AI will potentially replace some jobs for sure, but I think for a lot of people, it's going to become a tool that just makes us more efficient and more effective. And it's not going to be, I don't think, I think a lot of marketers see it as a threat for some reason. Um, and I don't see it that way. I see it as something that's going to be able to help us a lot. Yeah. So on that kind of advice, how can we find hidden revenue through our existing sales processes? Okay. So this is one of the first things I look at if I'm auditing someone's email marketing account. So with, depending on your business, so I'm working mostly with you know, e-commerce businesses, but this would work for any type of business if you sell stuff online, is if you just go through the step-by-step -step process that someone has to take to go from being a stranger to being a customer, 
there are a lot of areas where you can add in automated follow-up using email marketing or SMS um, or chat or whatever um, that people are not taking advantage of. So for example, with an e-commerce business, this is the easiest one, I think, to implement a lot of this stuff. You know, people will land on the site, then they will view a product and then they will add it to cart, then they will start the checkout, then they complete their checkout. And we can have automated flows in between every single one of those steps. Now, there's one caveat is that people have to be opted in to receive some of those flows, but it's just by adding in those flows in between every single step, you, you catch all the people who stop at each stage and you push some of those people forward. And that nudge, those, you know, a little bit of people who, who move forward at every stage ends up becoming a lot more sales. So, and what's cool about these being automated is that you put in the work to create them once and they're run, they're running 24 seven for you from that point on. So this really is, uh, it adds a lot of revenue to businesses that don't have these automations in place. And also what I find is it's pretty consistent. So that's those automated flows that we create. I always call that the baseline of revenue you get from email every month. And in the campaigns that we're sending out on a regular basis, those are where I call that more of the upside because, you know, some of those, the, the, the uh, revenue generated from one campaign to another isn't going to be as consistent um, because it's going to depend on which offer we are, you know, whatever, uh, whatever marketing angle we took, what product we're promoting. Some products are just way more popular than others, you know, things like that um, versus with the flows of the automated emails, those tend to be more predictable from month to month. And whenever things change dramatically, it usually points to something like, man, there was a, a major change in your traffic. Like maybe something happened on the ad side and that's why the welcome series is, is dropped significantly. Um, or maybe there's something wrong on this one product page, you know, there's little things like that. Cool. So what's the best advice that you have ever received? The, yeah, one of the things that's stuck with me the most, um, and I've received this many times from different people in different ways, but it's to focus more on the long-term relationship that you build with people when you're, that you're working with, as opposed to the short-term transactions. And I have found this to be true over and over to where, and it's not always, it doesn't mean that you just like, you know, try to develop a relationship with someone so you can get something in return. It, it's, it's more, it's like, you know, obviously this is the genuine thing you have to, Part of it is that, you know, in the short term, the more you actually take the time to get to know them and to care, you, you guys are going to get along better. You're going to be more collaborative. You'll be able to get more results together. But then the other thing is like, that's where I get a lot of referrals. I just get a lot of referrals from people because, you know, I've done right by them for years and maybe we haven't even worked together in years, but, you know, because I always you know, treated them well and we, you know, we've stayed in touch and those kind of things that like I'm the person they think of first, whenever someone who needs my services, you know, uh, comes to mind for them and then vice versa for me too. So part of that is I like to refer people, you know, I like to always make introductions to people whenever I, I think there's a, a mutual benefit for those two people. And, and that's something I've found to be an easy way to foster those relationships with people and also start to create new relationships. And then you see those two people work together for a long time and it's, and it's cool. And uh, like, you don't have to even like, in my case, I don't, I'm not asking for a cut when I do that. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. I, we do, I have certain like partnership relationships with certain businesses, but, um, but that's not why I do it. I'm doing it because I just genuinely think the two groups would, would benefit from meeting each other. Yeah. What's the best advice you've ever given? 
The best advice, the, I would say the thing that, that people um, has made a big difference for how they do their marketing that I get a lot of feedback on is, and this just comes from being a copywriter, is telling people to focus more on who you're selling to than what you're selling. And if you can have that frame of mind, whenever you're doing any kind of marketing or sales, <clears throat> I think it's uh, not only is it easier to make more affecting, more effective, you know, copy or whatever it is you're creating, um, but it's, it's just more enjoyable for the other person because it's kind of like the benefits versus features thing. You know, if you, if you are promoting a product and you just list its features, people will wonder, well, why do I care about these different features until you connect it back to what it's actually in it for them. And people are a lot more interested in their own life and how their life is going to get better by buying your product or service or how their life could potentially get worse if they don't buy your product or service versus you just listing out a bunch of random features. Yeah. Make them internalize it, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and just make it more, you know, personal to them. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I've appreciated you being with us today, Kyle. Thank you. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't touched on yet? Yeah. I mean, the main thing that, that, uh, I think of, especially when I'm doing a lot of, you know, if I'm doing podcast interviews, cause I think back to, um, you know, for years I was struggling trying to build my business and I would listen to podcasts for advice. Um, and one thing that some, I don't know who said this originally, but something I've never forgotten is that, you know, you never lose until you give up. And so for anyone, if they're, if they're struggling to grow their business, I would say, you know, I personally went through a lot of trial and error and testing and, and pivoting over the years until I found what works. And, you know, if, if this is something you are really committed to doing, and you know, that you want to uh, succeed as a business owner, and you, you don't really want to have to go work a nine to five for the rest of your life, that, the main thing is, is that even if you're struggling now, if you don't give up, as long as you keep pivoting, you will figure it out because most business owners don't, don't make it on their first try. And that's why you see all these statistics about how the majority of businesses fail. But what they don't tell you is that the majority of business owners who are successful, it took them two, three, five different attempts before they were. So that's the part they always leave out, which I think is discouraging to people is that you know, they see the failure rate and they think that they're going to be that part of that statistic. But, you know, if you, as long as you keep going, you will find a way, there are many ways to make it. Mm -hmm. And maybe perhaps pivoting after they've tried a different area for a significant amount of time, right? Like we don't want to have like shiny object syndrome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've, you've got to actually give it a real effort. So, I mean, like, you know, you have to, you know, if you're not say, for example, you're selling services. I mean, if you haven't gotten to where you're getting people on sales calls, you know, I mean, yes, maybe, maybe, you know, you haven't even crafted an offer that would get someone interested, but you know, like for me that there was a, a, a business I was doing where people were very interested, but it was the wrong. I just very, I realized that the type of business that I was targeting was going to be very, very difficult to work with because they would have to, every time they would do a project, they had to raise a ton of money and there were really long time horizons in between when they were starting the project. So yes, they were interested, but it would be months before they would start working with me if they could even raise their money for this crazy, you know, big real estate project they were doing. So there's just things like that. Like you, you do have to get some real world feedback from people. 
Um, and if you haven't gotten to where you're even, if you're not even talking with the people in your market, you don't really know if what you're doing is working or not. So you you do have to get out there and talk to people, get real feedback. Um, and you know, if you're, if you are getting people talking to you, but no one's buying, and, and if they're giving you consistent feedback as to why they're not buying, then if you can't change that element, then yeah, maybe it's better to find you know, find a different vehicle or um, a different service to offer, you know, something like that. Awesome. Well, thank you for all of your advice and tips. Where can we go to learn more about you and what you do? Yeah, I'd say the best place to find me is on YouTube and the channel is Elevate and Scale. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much and have a great day. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review and I'll catch you on the next episode.